Welcome back to the special Snap Judgment episode, one of our own. Stories about the secret sauce that binds people into family. Now, Kim DeBlakeort and her husband Jan thought it might be nice if their daughter Jay-Z had a sibling. After a few unsuccessful domestic attempts at adoption, the DeBlakeorts decided to extend their search internationally. They considered various places, Ethiopia, Thailand, but finally they decided to work with the country Kim had traveled to as a missionary, Ukraine. After having long been closed to foreign adoption, Ukraine had just opened its doors a crack to the idea. They meet several children and are despondent that they won't be able to provide the type of care that these kids deserve. And then right before their trip back to the States, they hear about one more little boy, Sasha. The child, Sasha, well, he was three years old, and he had never been outside the institutional walls. When you saw this boy for the first time, Mm -hmm. what did he look like to you? He looked like he could have been our natural son. And I said, this is the child. This is the one we came for. And you knew that in the first meeting? I knew that in the first meeting. How did your husband feel? He felt exactly the same way. Sounds magical. It was. It was a magical time for us. And that time, our daughter, JC came with us. And it was actually JC and Sasha who connected the best right off the bat, you know, immediately. What is the next step? We decided to keep visiting him, and every day we'd be there. For how long? About a week. After a week, the DeBlakeorts tell their facilitator, we've decided to start the adoption process. But he says, before you can go to court, you've got to understand, Sasha has a brother and a sister. And the DeBlakeorts have to get both siblings' permission. They first go to meet the sister. She's just about to graduate high school. And she was very kind and took the time out to meet with us. But the very first words out of her mouth were, I don't want to be adopted and that I give my blessing for you to adopt one or both my brothers anytime you want. Did she know her half-brother? They had never been introduced. Kim tries to track down Sasha's brother, but it turns out he's in America, visiting a family that wants to adopt him. And so we told our facilitator, go ahead, the brother and the sister, one's already going to be adopted and one's old enough to not want to be adopted, so go forward. And... Rather than having an attorney, our facilitator acts that way because he's trained in adoptions. But there's a prosecutor also. So there was a young prosecutor, and I'm just going to call him Alexander. And he seems to be upset. What turns out to be his objection? His objection is that we were separating siblings of a family. I finally had the facilitator ask, well, what's your definition of a family? These children have never met. And you know he's never going to be adopted here in Ukraine. And so at the end of the trial, the judge comes back in and he says, Look, prosecutor, I understand your objection, but I don't agree with it. And therefore, I am granting this adoption. Well, the prosecutor was furious. He slammed things around and he left the room. But we were celebrating. The prosecutor is defeated. But it turns out the celebration is premature. Wednesday, August 11th, I get a phone call. And they said, Kim, I, I really don't know how else to tell you this, so I'm just coming out and telling you this. Uh, the prosecutor has decided to appeal your adoption. And Kim, I don't think you're going to be able to adopt this boy. This is going to take at least months 
if not years of legal wrangling. Kim, I just think you need to go home. So I, 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 I'm, I'm more or less having to sit down on this side street of Ismail, just sobbing, just breaking down, wondering how I'm going to tell this little boy. Because this is a little boy now that when I walk beyond that wall, is yelling, Mama, Mama, and running to me with his arms wide open. That took months. And I remember picking myself up and brushing off as best I could before I walked into my hotel room. But I got up the next morning determined that this boy was my son. And I thought I was strong until I called my husband. He was right there with me. That is our son. Let's pray about this. This is not the end. I called our facilitator the next day and I said, look, what's the next step? And while I'm waiting, I made a friend in the American embassy and they told me, I'm going to put you in touch with somebody. He's an American. He has shared citizenship. And he would just call me once a day, once every other day, letting me know what he was finding out behind the scenes on our case. This mysterious voice on the phone. The mysterious voice, yes. And on August 25th, I believe it was a Friday, 4.30 in the afternoon, and he calls me. And he said, Kim, you need to get ready. Um, You're going to go pick up your son next week. And I said, what are you talking about? I said, Kim, the prosecutor didn't get his paperwork in on time. You need to go to your judge and demand a copy of your ruling. And you need to get your son out of here. You know, I was just kind of ecstatic. I was floating high at this point. So Monday, I go in and I, I do as I was instructed. I demand my ruling. And he did as he promised. He gave me the ruling. And I went to the uh, orphan house. You know, I thought that we had kind of attached. We had made this bond. But when that little boy walked beyond those walls, he was terrified. He had never been out of the walls before? No, let alone been inside a vehicle. He'd never been in a car? No. That little boy went spread eagle over the opening of that back door of that cab. And he started screaming, and his little hand was reaching back for the orphanage. That's all he knew. That's all he knew. Holding Sasha in her lap... Kim heads down to the Ukrainian birth certificate office to get Sasha's official documents so that he's free to leave the country. They approach the counter, and the clerk says, Hey, I've received a phone call from this prosecutor down in Ismail, and he's telling me not to give you this birth certificate. She refuses to give us the birth certificate, and we're stuck. But here's where the snap judgment comes in. The very next day, Thursday night, I'm called by my facilitator. And he's telling me this story of how the attorney for the orphan house was woken up in the middle of the night by the police and the prosecutor and tells him, look, he's out to get you because you've damaged his reputation and um, she needs to bring the boy back. And so he calls me and he says, Kim, I need to know, are you going to stay and see this through? Are you going to be the mom of this boy? And he said, I need to know this right now. Because if you're not, I need to pick that boy up tonight and return him to the orphanage first thing in the morning. What is it going to be, Kim? Are you staying or are you leaving? And that's when I told him, I'm this boy's mother. I'm here for as long as it takes. And he said, I really didn't think that would be your answer. He said, out of all the people I've met from other countries, they don't seem to want to be inconvenienced by these children. They just want to adopt them quickly and take them home. 
And he said, I, I'm surprised, but I'm glad. And he hung up. Your facilitator is in your corner at this point. He is. He's even in our corner in December when our American Adoption Agency decides to discontinue representing us, returns almost all our money, and dismisses him, actually forbids him from contacting me anymore. Why do they do that? They're afraid. They don't want to get kicked out of the country. They're just afraid of the entire situation. And this whole time, though, I'm being told, not only by the voice on the phone, but by other people in the area, how careful I need to be. Because it's all in who you know. And people in the legal business were especially known in Ukraine to be connected to the mafia. And so I was instructed to stay off the grid. You were undercover. I was basically trying to get off the grid. Kim and Sasha go into hiding. They're joined by Kim's daughter, Jay-Z, and they move from location to location. They change their clothes to blend into Ukrainian society. They only speak Russian in public, and they try to stay one step ahead of the prosecutor's reach. Finally, Kim assembles her own legal team, financed by donations from a growing network of Christian supporters. And back and forth and back and forth, the lawyers duke it out. All for this one little boy. And after months and trials and objections and appeals, Kim finally gets her day in court. And the prosecutor is a no-show. And of course it went very smoothly. Everything was in our favor. We left the room, we came back, and we won. Kim is ecstatic, but also fearful. The prosecutor has proven again and again he'll do anything to keep him in the country. They get Sasha's new birth certificate with his new name, Jake. The American embassy quickly issues a passport and they rush to the airport, checking the rearview mirror the whole way. They drop me off at the front of the Kiev, uh, it's called Borispol Airport. It is just a human circus inside this airport. And that is the first time I knew when I looked up that there was this volcano in Iceland. Nothing was flying. So I call my friend back in Odessa and I say, look, what do I do? And he said, well, you get on one of those midnight trains from Kiev back to Odessa. And I said, you're kidding me. I said, he has power. The prosecutor is a prosecutor of the Odessa Oblast. I mean, we're going right back into, into his neighborhood. And he said, Kim, I will have somebody meet you at the train station, and we are going to get you across the border. First thing in the morning, we pull in, and he has hired some kind of kickboxing champion in Ukraine. Over six foot tall, blonde crew cut, kind looking eyes. Champion. Yeah, I mean, this guy is the real deal. He is a solid wall of muscle. Are you getting hopeful at all? Is this really, is this going to be the end? Well, before I get into the car with him, I ask him what, you know, what his relationship is with Kurt. And he says, well, we are brothers in Christ. And he gives me his testimony. And I, and, and so you, I had been, you found your people. I found my people. I felt assured and, that I was safe and that this man was going to take care of me. And his name was Sasha, just like my son's. And I said, yep, that's all the proof I need. We piled in the car and we are going fast. He's taking back roads, dirt roads filled with potholes. And on the way from Odessa down to Ismail, there's a little part of Moldova that sticks into Ukraine. So we get to this border checkpoint and they're talking about something before he addresses me. 
And he opens up my door and he says, Kim, you need to get out. There's a problem with your passport. I said, my, gotta be I said, my passport? I mean, oh, we had always thought that the prosecutor would try to stop us on Jake's. We never thought he'd try anything else. And so at that point, they're starting to speak in rapid Russian. And Sasha's asking him a question. And the commander's just like biting his head off. And I kind of see Sasha throw his shoulders back a little bit. And I'm wondering to myself if he's going to punch this guy. And all of a sudden, in just a really calm, even voice, he says something to him. That while he would allow them to arrest me on paper, he was not going to allow them to take me into custody. That he was going to go out to the car and get his Ukrainian passport, which Ukrainians never give up. He was basically putting his identity on the line for me because something wasn't right. And the commander agreed to it. The commander leaves and now what happens? They fill out three different sets of paperwork. They have me and Sasha sign them and we're free to go. And that's when I could relax. From Moldova, they fly to Istanbul. From Istanbul to Chicago. In Chicago, they catch that last flight to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And there, they're greeted by Kim's husband, Jan, a crowd of supporters, family, and news crews. And they want a quote from the happy family. Jan and I just prepared a little statement that was just this. It was compassion that opened our hearts to adoption. And it was love that made us stay but it was God who brought us home. Many thanks to the DeBlaycourt family for opening up their hearts and their home to us. I'm so proud because this story comes from my own homeland of Western Michigan. And stay tuned because we've got more mamas and daddies and families coming right up. Snap Judgment.